0: I'm Tyler Wells. And
1: I'm Will Buse. This is I Can Do That, a podcast about careers and the people who are in them.
0: With each new episode, we'll look into a different career, its qualifications, its perks, its drawbacks, and ultimately try and provide a basic preview of how to do that job.
1: On today's episode, Tyler and I interview Brian Wright. Ryan has 23 years of experience as the Technical Director for Theatres. Today, Ryan will shine a spotlight on his experiences in this career. Ryan, you are the Technical Director for the Department of Theater and Dance at the Western Oregon University. Could you go ahead and tell us about when you entered this career?
2: The career... Uh, I started pretty much right out of college, uh, so I graduated college in '97 and went into doing essentially the same kind of concept uh, right out of uh, right out of college. So that uh, was, yeah, like I said, 1997.
0: Very cool. Did you know that you uh, did you know what you were going to go into? Did you know that this was going to be where you were going to end up? Tell us a little bit about how you came to came to fall into technical direction.
2: Yeah, I uh, went to college for technical theater. Uh, I emphasized in it, I got a bachelor's of arts degree down at Rollins College uh, in theater. And I knew that I wanted to do essentially what I'm doing now. Um, at one point I thought I was gonna do lighting design for theater, uh, but uh, realized that I didn't really enjoy doing design, but uh, doing technical direction and uh level that I do now, I, I have to do all the engineering and architectural concepts for the designs that somebody else does. So I still get to be creative, but I get to also use my hands a lot more, whereas actual uh, designers, in a lot of cases, they don't have to really get their hands dirty. So. Could
1: you elaborate a little bit more about uh, exactly what your job is as um, in, in technical theater? Certainly.
2: One thing that's unique about my position is depending on what theater you go to and the environment in which it's operating. So, either uh, let's say community theater or collegiate theater or uh, professional theaters, or it, there's a broad range of types of technical director but the the one general theme that kind of holds true to all of them is that uh for any uh play or show uh there is generally somebody that designs what the set looks like they they create in their mind a environment in which the show takes place once they have figured out what they want it to look like and the concepts that they have they hand over their design to me and then I take those designs and take what it's supposed to look like and figure out how to physically make it happen. So essentially saying, yeah, we're going to put a two by four here. We're going to uh, cover it with this material. We're going to build it this way. Uh, And it can even depending on the technical director and their job responsibilities, it can get into hanging the lights. So we'll put a light over here according to what the designer wants to light up this area we'll get it plugged into this location so that it can be controlled by the computer at this location and this kind of stuff. Uh, there, I also oversee our, what they call a scenic charge artist. Uh, she or he is the person that's in charge of painting the sets so that they look like what the designer wants. And I oversee to make sure that they're following what needs to happen. They are getting the amount of time they need. So I do a lot of uh, scheduling and all that kind of stuff. Uh, It can also be props. So anytime somebody walks on stage and they're holding, let's say, a candlestick, um, I will oversee the personnel that are making sure that that happens. Uh, And then once the show is actually running, the crews that make it happen. I also am in charge of making sure that they understand their responsibilities and their jobs uh, to get the show to run. So it's exactly the same every single night. So it's it's a It's essentially when you go to see a show, the technical director most often, not always, but most often, is the person that has made all of the technical elements of a show exist and happen, Uh, whereas a director will say, hey, I want it to be, let's say, in Scotland. So we'll go over in Scotland, and then the designers will say, okay, well, this is how it's going to look, and then my job is to help make it happen, so.
0: That's, that's very cool. That's me in a nutshell. Yeah, so you got to be a jack of all trades. Like you've yeah. got to have a little bit of knowledge in in every little bit of like. There's probably some construction. There's some electric yes. el- electrical skills that are necessary, and aesthetics and creativity, and uh, yes. all while having a very um, time managed outlook because you're really managing all these different crews and making sure that everything is happening on time in sequence. Um, all to Finish that on that final day. That is, yeah, uh, an impressive amount of juggling, in, in, <laughs> from what I'm realizing. Mm-hmm. So, so well done, my friend. That's really cool. Could you, you tell us a little bit uh, about any kind of credentials or schooling or scholastic backup that you might need to, you know, break into this field?
2: Yeah, there. Uh, it it's definitely one of those fields, depending on where you're going, that you don't necessarily need to have a college degree. Um, There are plenty of people that get into theater and entertainment that never go off to college, but what I can tell you is when you go off to college and you go into a theater based program and you have the opportunities to work with professionals that have been doing this job for a long time, you're going to discover that there's a lot that you don't know that you can get from somebody. And being in a college setting and getting at least a Bachelor of Arts or a Bachelor of Science uh, is, in, in my personal opinion, one of the strongest, uh, uh, like, you know, kind of keys to making the job a lot easier. Uh, you can definitely go on, and it's, it's been happening more and more in the last uh, 10 years, uh, go on and get a terminal degree or Master of Fine Arts, which is kind of like a doctorate. Uh, In doing what I do, and I I mean i've got almost 30 years of experience now, so I could still learn a lot, but somebody new. I would I would recommend even doing that because the connections you'll get will help you with finding a job and the additional tools that they're going to help you learn. Are things that I wish I had. So there's a lot of stuff with uh, computer node control cutters or CNC cutters and 3D printing and plasma cutting and metal working and uh, uh, there's even robotics that are coming into uh, theaters more and more often. That right now uh, would require me to go and take classes on to get it figured out. So uh, I would I would definitely highly recommend going off to college and, and getting at least the uh, a bachelor's degree to help get into the field
0: that's great um, you know we're actually hearing from a lot of our different interviews kind of the same core concept you kind of touched on it a little bit um but the, the kind of the concept of like really real life experience is really going to be quite helpful mm-hmm. um and and I guess if we were to harp on anything as the host of this podcast, really it's like there's a certain level of trial and error that is going to inform you and make you a sharper tool to be used. Um, and so very getting much. in, getting your hands in, not being a, a, afraid to, to make some errors and learn from those errors. You know, that's a really core yeah. concept that seems to be a very universal idea, regardless of what kind of career you plan to go into. Yeah. Um, but also specifically with these repeatable careers, like something that you're going to have to do over and yeah. over and over again, you got to learn from the way you could have done it better last time, you know, so that next time it's, you you're know, you're streamlining your process. So that's super cool. I'm really, I, I get really, Jazz about hearing about this kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. And, and I would also say that the one of the nice things about being in a collegiate setting is that it, it gives you a chance to fail. Uh, I, I do spend a lot as my position at Western Oregon University, fixing mistakes that are being made. Um, and it's, it's not that, you know, it doesn't suck that a mistake happens, but at least in college, we know it's a chance that it's going to happen. And we're not producing some $3 million Broadway show. So when somebody makes a mistake, uh, we're talking potential millions of dollars on the line. We're talking about maybe a $5,000 set that, okay, so you made a mistake, we'll figure it out, we'll get it going, and, and it'll go on. And being able to learn from those mistakes in a setting like college for my position You just can't beat it. And it's not that I hope everybody makes mistakes, but it just brings the pressure way, way down so that somebody can actually learn from it and not worry about losing a job. You know, oh, I hope just, everybody
0: makes mistakes, right? Yeah, I want I want everybody it's, to make tons of mistakes because that's really like I know that sounds rude and like borderline kind of funny, but like quite literally, it's the only time you're learning is when you're making mistakes. It's mm-hmm. the same with I'm teaching my kids how to read words right now. You know, right. <laughs> they're putting yeah. sounds together and they're doing it wrong, and it's like, well, let's try that again. What sound does that yeah. letter make? And you know, and you really have to do it wrong and 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 to be able to experience what right feels like. And so, exactly, um, as, as rude as this seems. Like I, you should make mistakes. You shouldn't be afraid of it. And you should almost seek to, to, um, you know, I used to work for a big corporate company and they used to point out like, it's all right to fail. Just fail fast. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I I don't care that you fail. Just get it out of the way faster. (laughs) Right. Like like, fail quick, learn from it, move on. (laughs) Like we don't want to dwell in that failure because that's where, that's where it's unproductive. So. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that's
1: very much becoming kind of a mantra for the uh, interviews that we have done so far is I feel like person after person that we have spoken with, they've recognized uh, and you're in a director level position. There's a lot of people that we've mm-hmm. interviewed that are in higher level positions in their job and they highlight what they have learned through failure. And I think one thing that if like Tyler was just saying, if we can get through to people that it's okay to fail and mm-hmm. failure, as long as you learn from it is great, then yeah. I think that's very much, it, it's great to hear that again in another career opportunity that it's, Hey, you're going to fail.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: totally fine. Right. grow from it. And that's, that's super awesome to continue to hear From all these different jobs, because I feel like there's especially when you look and when you view things through a social media lens and all that stuff and everybody is super successful and Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada from that. Um, And of course, nobody fails on the social media side. Everybody's super successful. Everything's going great. And you're like, no, 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 that's not the way it is. That's. Right. That's a facade that's being put on those people that are successful, all in quotations. Uh, they failed to get to the position that they're at. Right. And all these interviews that we've done so far have continued to highlight um, pretty much that story. Exactly. Yeah. Which is super awesome. And I'm super happy that you you talked about that. Um, could you go ahead and um, at this point, just tell us kind of what's a day in the life look like for your career?
2: Yeah, uh, it it varies a lot because of all the different things that I have to do. So uh, we just got done doing a performance. Uh, Our show just closed at Western just uh, a week or so ago. So right now we're kind of in a lull period. So my time right now is just maintaining the space and getting it set for the next big whirlwind of things that are coming. But starting in about a week, I will get those initial designs from the uh, designer and I will spend uh, a pretty much the full day doing nothing but sitting down with AutoCAD and redrafting everything that the designer has given me, but with, okay, we're putting the two by four here, we're putting a two by six here, we're going to make this out of this, we're going to cover it with this and generate all of the construction drawings so that I can know what to order in the materials so we can get those in. And then, uh, as part of the beginning of the process, I work on generating the uh, worker schedules uh, to find out how many hours everybody can work and get that all going. Then once that phase is done, it goes into helping do the construction phase. And that's that is for a production. That's the longest period of um, time is coming in every day and supervising the builds, making sure that everybody is building what they're supposed to, that nobody's doing it in a way that's gonna get somebody hurt and all of that. Uh, so that that is, I go to work and I start working on making sure that the construction process and the schedule and everybody is, is hitting what they're supposed to. And then once we get done with the construction phase, we go into what's called the technical phase or the technical rehearsal phase. And that's when we take all of the technical elements, the set, the props, the costumes, the lights, everything, and we meld them all together for the first time with the actors. So for most of the process, the actors are in a whole different building, just pretending that they have, let's say, like I was saying, the candlestick. They don't have one; they just, they're carrying around a pencil and saying, here's my candlestick, you know, that kind of thing. But then we go to the technical rehearsals and those are extremely long days um mainly because we're just trying to get everything through uh but it's it's that first time saying okay here's how it works and then once that's done then we go into the last phase which is just maintaining the run of the show so the show opens now it's just if something breaks we got to get it fixed so we fix it as soon as possible and my day is just coming in saying hey everything's good i can take it easy and then the very last thing we do is what uh, it's, it's called in some places strike and in other places we call it loadout. And that's when we physically go in and we take everything apart. And we take the performance space, the, the theater, and we take it back to neutral. So there's absolutely nothing left on stage that uh, would ever remind you that there was a show that had happened. So if we have to repaint the floor black, it goes black, but that's it. And that's another really long day. Uh, we go into cleaning and then we start the whole process over. So my, my day really changes a lot based on where we are in the process of doing a show.
0: That's super cool. I like you. You kind of imagine that all those things happen, but to have the timeline laid out is like uh, um, a lot more daunting uh, mm-hmm. I, I use the word daunting because to me, I'm like, I don't even know where to start with all that, <laughs> but like, yeah. um, it sounds like, uh, uh, you know, my grandfather used to tell me that I should be a student of the seven P's. Have you ever heard of the seven P's? No. What about you? Will?
1: no, but if you can rattle off all seven, exactly. I well, you're going to get down right here. Um, Let's go.
0: So, my grandfather always told me that I need to be a student of the seven P's, and it sounds like what you described here. It sounds like you're a student of the seven P's. You don't even know it, but mm-hmm. he used to tell me that proper prior preparation prevents piss poor performance.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So, <laughs> so anyway, like it sounds like you're just kind of in a perpetual motion of like being aware of what's coming down the type the t- pipeline. 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 Sounds yeah, like you're eighth, constantly eight. aware yes. of what's coming down the pipeline, uh, but also being aware of what can I do today that's going to prepare for that and yep. get that ready and and be able to attack that the best way possible. Um, yep. That definitely works. Uh, uh, like. That works with my, with my brain. The way that my brain no. works, I, I'm totally an analytical, black and white kind of guy. And so uh, I see the steps ahead of me. Yep. I'm like, ooh, if I can plan, then I, f- I feel safe and, and, and secure. The moment yep. spontaneity shows up, I'm like, ha, 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 yep. what do I do? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's so funny. As you were describing that, I was like, you were speaking Tyler's love language right now. <laughs> I'm like, hey, yeah. you need to plan out 12 things in advance and you can have 10 steps for each 12 things. And I'm like, Tyler is loving every minute of this. I but am. it sounds like there's a certain to to excel in this mm-hmm. position. Uh, it sounds like there needs to be certain qualities. So could you go ahead and tell us, uh, are there certain personality types that would better fit this career?
2: Yes and no. Um, I think the, the strongest personality type you have to have is that you, you have to be able to look at things in a much more abstract way every once in a while. I mean, everything I do is very, very literal. Like you want a wall, I'm going to literally build a wall and I'm literally going to put it where you drew it on a sheet of paper. You want it four feet from here, it's going to be there. And a lot of times you can't change that because if you do, you're going to screw something up. So you have to be extremely little, uh, literal, but you have to be very abstract because you have, to, you have to be able to roll with, okay, we're not building a house. We're building something that looks like a house. So how am I going to make this happen? And then you have to be able to, like you were saying, you have to be able to uh, adapt. So here again, this is also what happens a lot more in collegiate theater than you do at a professional scenic house. Uh, but when something isn't going right, you're going to have to be able to figure out, OK, how am I going to roll with the punches on this one to get it so that it's at least as close to right that will be acceptable. Um, in, prof- in professional homes or not homes, but uh, scenic homes, uh, they they will really not accept it being wrong. Uh, the the client came in and they want the set to do a certain thing and all this other kind of stuff, and you're going to have to produce it that way, at least in college when it's not quite right chances are we can show you how to make it work and we can move on. And like I was saying before, with the mistakes and stuff like that, like, okay, here's what we do for next time. Um, so you have to be, here again, I keep using the college uh, uh, excuse, but you have to be very adaptable, very uh, abstract, and you have to be very, very patient. Um, if you don't have patience in this, you're going to, you're, you're just gonna burn out and you're going to start snapping at people and it's going to it gets ugly really really fast Um, so those are the kind of uh like concepts that i would say you really need i mean there's obviously the things like you got to be good with numbers um you, you have to be willing to get your hands dirty um you're not going to be able to go in wearing a White button-down shirt and expect to get done at the end of the day. It's still being pristine and pressed. I mean, you, you, you're gonna you're gonna get dirty, um, and you got to be able to. You know, you're gonna pull out a tape measure. You're gonna be t- measuring things, and you're gonna be doing things with uh, uh, with math. I mean, geometry, uh, all that stuff you never thought you were going to use. I use a lot. Um, so there's a lot of those things computers have gotten so much more important yeah so you're finding that all over the place those are the obvious ones it's those other things where it's learning how to adapt and adjust and uh, be ready for things and uh you know like you we were talking earlier being able to keep track of a lot of stuff at all at the same time and not letting it overwhelm you um, you know those are the things that i think are traits that you really should have if you're going to go into doing technical
0: direction. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and the more you talk about it, the more I'm seeing like the, the ballet of the, of the technical side of things, like everything has to come together in such a perfect way in order for it to work. You know, I mean the uh, best
2: way to think of it is if you've ever gone to see a show and you uh, see, let's say a two story house, well, that house has to go in, but you can't put, you can't put the set in until you have the curtains in place so that you can't see the audience can't see behind there so you've got to get the curtains in place and then you've got to get the lights uh hung so because once you have that house in place you can't get to the location where the lights are supposed to be but then the lights can't get focused until you have a set that they're actually pointing at so you got to get that done but the painters also need to make sure that they have enough time to get it uh, painted so i mean there's There's a lot of those things, a lot of uh, people all needing time in the same spot, you've got to keep track of all of them. Otherwise, uh, you might have this beautiful set that nobody can see because there's no lights, or you might have this really wonderful lighting that's out there that's shining on something that's not been painted yet, so it looks like just complete crud, you know, so there's a lot of that so
0: with that are there particular uh personalities behavior traits or tendencies that you might steer clear of for this kind of line of work like something like well if you have this if you're prone to this kind of thing that maybe this wouldn't be such a great idea for you
2: um yeah i mean but i think they're the same ones that uh anytime you're responsible for i mean not to be macabre or anything but uh I, a lot of what I do also requires safety. If we're going to put 15 people up on a second-story floor and have them start dancing, I've got to be confident in what I'm doing. Um, sure. If if you don't have the ability to actually take the job seriously and realize that if you screw up, somebody is going to get seriously hurt. Um, I mean, there's there's been deaths in the entertainment industry because people just weren't paying attention. Um, if that if that's scary to you. Don't go into this job um, because you are, you're making beautiful things and it's a lot of fun and you have a lot of chances out there to do some really amazing, wonderful, nobody else gets to do this kind of stuff. But if you screw up, somebody may not be going home at the end of the night. Um, So you have to be, you have to be confident in that. You have to be real uh, with yourself on that. Uh, if, If, I would also say if you, aren't a good people person because I have to deal with all (laughs) kinds of people that have all of these very important things to them that happen with the show that if you don't know how to deal with a bunch of different people, this job is not going to go well for you and you're going to find yourself constantly in a negative place fighting with people because you just aren't able to communicate properly. and here again, that's something that happens all over the place. I mean, I've read more than once that theater is an ideal, uh, uh, degree to go into because it's going to set you up with the tools that you need for so many other professions, because you have to learn how to deal with people. You have to learn how to communicate properly. You have to learn how to keep track of your time. I mean, all of these key tasks. Are really really important in theater. So those are the things that it, if you if you have a hard time with those things, you might want to look somewhere else. Um, but almost anything else, even dyslexia. I have a friend of mine that's a technical director and is amazing, does gorgeous work. It's dyslexic. I mean, so you know, you just have to work a little bit harder like anybody else that has it. So it's it's not like those kind of things should ever hold you back. Uh, you yeah. just you have to be able to do the other things where you have to deal with people. You got to make sure that you're honest about what you're doing and, uh, you know, don't don't take it lightly.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, as you are as you're talking about that, I, I can't I couldn't help but um, have these pictures of what I expected, like in the 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 background crews of a theater, you know, crew to look like and to, to behave like. And I'm imagining these kind of reclusive people that are like hiding in the shadows kind of thing. Um, and I, I guess that kind of sparks the next question. What kind of misconceptions do you think people carry about um, the back end of, that, of the theater house and like, you know, you know, the, yeah. getting that kind of thing rolling? I, I would the single greatest one. Uh, and this is
2: this is a pet peeve of mine and it has always been. Um, but the single greatest misconception that people have is that when somebody's doing a show somebody does you know like even every once in a while it happens here at western we're just playing around that we're not doing anything real you know quote unquote real um we're not building a house that's going to stand for the next 50 years we're just playing we're just we're make-believe but the truth is we're doing some really serious things um we're we're doing a two-story building that's going to have a bunch of people running up and down it. We're, we're putting together and actually making real stuff. Um, it's, it's always entertaining to me that when we have people that come over from our facilities department on campus uh, to help fix something in the building, they'll see the work we're doing and they're like, wait, you, you welded that whole thing together? It's like, yeah, well that whole thing has to hold this uh 500 pound piece over here and we're going to make this thing roll across the stage and it's got to get to this exact point. So it's being done off of this sy- system right here. And they're like, how what how are you guys doing that? And it's, well, because we're really doing uh, the stuff that is very, very important. Um, so the, one of the biggest misconception I think most people I've run into that bother me the most, I guess I should say, Is they don't think that we do anything real? That we're just make believe, and everything's out of cardboard, and you know it's being held together with uh, fairy dust and uh, unicorn blood. You
0: know, it's nothing, nothing sincere. And been looking for a source for unicorn blood, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Let me know.
1: Um, As someone that took uh, theater classes in college, improv theater, so Mm -hmm. it's part of it. I was just playing around. Like now, I- <laughs> the people in my group, we were playing around. There was we there was literally nothing that we uh-huh. were using. Um, but I, the sets that I ha- that you have shown me that you've made and other sets that I've seen, like no, that's those are those are physical structures, um, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Can you go ahead and tell a little bit about some of the perks that this career has um, afforded you?
2: Yeah, uh, it's it's been kind of nice because I've uh, been able to take care of my house a lot better. (laughs) Uh, I mean, obviously I'm not a general contractor. So there's a lot of things in theater that we don't have to follow when it comes to codes. I mean, obviously you, you don't want something to collapse. We've gone over that a couple of times, but at the same time, when I build a wall that's going on stage, I don't have to have a stud every 16 inches. I don't have to worry about stairs having only nine inch rises and stuff like that. So there's a lot of, uh, things that I don't have to worry about because I'm doing it for theater. I'm not doing a permanent installation. However, when I'm like taking care of my house or I'm helping other people, I have skills that I've learned that I can attribute somewhere else or I can use somewhere else. Um, It's also, it's, it's a lot of fun here at Western at least, teaching people how to do the job and having people come in that have never ever picked up a a screwdriver or a hammer and the next thing you know and by the end of four years they're running the table saw they were able to weld things and all that kind of stuff so one of the biggest perks is helping people that have been told that they're not good enough to do it and giving them the chance and saying okay here's the tools this is how you do it if you follow these safety things you can make this happen and next thing you know they're doing it and that's that's one of the greatest benefits of doing it
0: it's got to be super rewarding. Oh uh, yeah, especially when graduation comes around. You're like, remember Steve? How Steve used to hold the hammer, mm-hmm. and now he holds it right. You know, yep. like, <laughs> like it's kind of funny how like things grow and things progress. And like, oh yeah, okay, that's how we use these things. Yep. Uh, it's got to be super cool to be able to walk people through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the
1: drawbacks that you have experienced from uh, entering this career?
2: It's very time consuming. It's it's hard to schedule things it is at a tremendously large time sink i i when everything is firing on all cylinders uh and right now it, the entertainment industry has been hurting because of covid just like everybody else i mean I, I everybody's been hurting but we haven't been able to do the entertainment industry like it's normal uh we i i don't have to put in the same amount of time because we have to maintain distancing and keep things simple because of shutdowns and all that kind of stuff. But when we're when we're going, um, it is not uncommon for me to not be available to help people that uh, are like friends and stuff like that, or be able to get away to go. uh, Let's say, uh, I've got my nephew's graduation coming up in a couple months, I won't be able to go to it because the schedule for the shows hit. And the show's going to open when the show's supposed to open. There's not much of an uh, option for me to get out of it. So it is. That's that's probably the hardest drawback on it. You end up uh, having to sacrifice a lot of of personal time outside of the theater for things that other people take for granted. So I can't just go on vacation when I want to because I've got to get the show done. Um, if I'm not there. It just means that I'm gonna to have to work three times harder when I finally do get there to get back on track. So that's that's the hardest thing.
0: Yeah, that stinks. It's probably hard to, to keep a family schedule that way yeah. too.
2: Yeah, and luckily, I mean, for me, I'm single, so I don't have kids and a family and stuff like that. And I, I admire the technical directors that can do it, but I do know uh, for a number of them, it does get really hard uh, trying to balance the work uh, uh, personal life balance
0: for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is just a personal detail because I know Ryan in our personal life, uh, I can't tell you that there is a lot of time that he'll say, uh, sorry, I have a show coming up. I, mm-hmm. I have to get the job done. Um, I can't see you for X amount of days. And um, I think that that is good information to have like, Hey, you know what, when a show is about to happen, you gotta be there. Mm And I I think that that's informative as well.
2: Yeah, that's also why I get I get hyper uh, protective of my uh, time, like right now is a slow time. So I I protect that. And I don't let people try to put things into it that I don't personally want to do that's not uh, work related. Um, So if work comes in is like, Hey, listen, we're down this week, can we do this? And I'm like, No, no. <laughs> i am going off and doing these other things now because this is the only time that I get to do it so uh it's it's one of those things that for me personally that's how I help balance it some
0: I have a tendency to read between the lines and what I'm hearing is that will and I are so important to you <laughs> that we made it into your schedule as well of course
2: I yeah i I plan on doing this again tomorrow night.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. uh, you had talked a little bit about um some rewarding. You mm-hmm. kind of that rewarding sensation of, like, um, you know, you've helped people grow and you've been able to show people, like, this is how you started. This is where you, you've come from. And, like, you were a part mm-hmm. of that. You walk people through that. Is there any particular set or any particular production that you can recall that you were particularly proud of and and something you'd want to like brag about almost?
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, and I believe on the uh, department's uh, website, there are pictures of it. But uh, there's two performances that we did where I'm I'm very happy with the results of what we had. The first one was um, a Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, We did that a few years ago, and we did it on our outdoor stage. Uh, which meant that there was uh, the elements, the winds, the rains, all of that kind of stuff could affect it. Uh, we did it during the summer. It was a huge two-and-a-half-story set um, that we put out there, uh, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And it it took a lot of engineering to make sure that uh, it could withstand the wind every night um, and that it wasn't going to blow over and that if it rained, it wasn't going to melt or uh, warp itself to pieces and all that kind of stuff, um, and it was it was a huge huge set, um, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the other one was uh, Town that we just did. It was the last show we did before, uh, yeah, before COVID shut us down. Uh, and what was amazing about it is we did it in a style called in the round, so we had seating on all four sides. And the set was also two stories with bridges that uh, spanned over uh, some of the seating. So depending on where you were sitting, uh, actors could be walking and dancing over the top of you. And they, would, they could go almost completely around on the second story on all uh, four sides. Uh, and then it also had what we call turntables in it. We had two of them uh, or revolves. Uh, so we had multiple locations and we had two revolves on it. So we could set one scene, rotate it and set a different scene, rotate it back and keep doing that in different locations. So we had all of that going on at the same time. Uh, and it, it just, it was fantastic. It was a beautiful set. It looked great. Um, we, we really knocked that one out of the park.
0: So Those both sound super ambitious. Yeah,
2: they were. It, it, was, it yeah. was a lot of fun. And like I said, there, there's pictures online. Um, and they they really kind of help hold the, oh, I get what you're talking about now. And it's, it's, they're pretty
0: impressive. Just for my own curiosity, uh, mm-hmm. where on Western's campus is their outdoor theater?
2: Uh, you know where the Rice Auditorium is? Uh-huh. So uh, if you go right out the front doors, there's a concrete slab there that has a curve in the front. And that is technically, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, a, yeah.
2: yeah, it is a amphitheater. So if you look, the grass and the field that's right there, that that lawn is oh, uh, kind of together. planted okay. so that you have natural rake seating to be able to see the stage.
0: That's very cool.
2: So, yeah.
1: I feel like I know that area because I've gotten several parking tickets at Western. So that's, <laughs>
2: yep.
0: that's where they like that's, to hand them out too. <laughs> yes. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Tyler, do you have anything else? I think this has been fantastic.
0: I'd like to ask one more question. If you were able to speak to our listeners directly and maybe someone is considering a technical director position or pursuing this line of work, what would be uh, one thing you would recommend or what piece of advice would you give them?
2: If they're in high school and they're starting to look at the uh, colleges, I first off, I would tell them, don't worry about trying to go to one of the big Ivy League, massive schools that's out there that's going to cost you an arm and a leg for the rest of your life. You know, that kind of thing. Don't worry about that. Go and look at the type of performances that they do almost every everywhere has some kind of online presence. So go and take a look at the pictures of the performances they do and tell yourself if you're happy with the results of what you're seeing. Um, If you're going into technical direction, you're looking at the technical stuff. So you're looking to see if you like the uh, look of the set. If you think it looks good, chances are it probably was good. Uh, If you're looking at it and it looks really uh, hokey or doesn't look like it was well done, Chances are it's the opportunities are not going to be there. Um, But once you find a place, uh, look into it, go and talk to the people, go do the visit and do all of that kind of stuff. And uh, that'll that'll help you identify if that's where you want to go and make sure you ask the questions about opportunities when you're there as a student. Like, hey, I want to I want to learn how to do this stuff. What are my chances of getting in here and doing it? Um, and make sure you uh, have the opportunity to get your hands in there and figure out how to do the work. Um, if, if college isn't your thing, start looking towards community theater. Um, I know it, a lot of people in my industry, they always look down on community theater, but it's, it, it's actually an ideal location to start getting your, uh, your feet wet and learning things. And from there, you can move on to somewhere else as well Uh, you might be able to start finding actual paid gigs once you understand what needs to happen Um, you know that kind of thing so i would i would really say if you're interested that's where i would start looking is start looking online uh, find a few schools that you like uh, and start contacting them uh, and getting in touch with them and once you're there make sure you stay on the people that are working there that you get your chances like you want and uh, work with them because they're going to work with you and they're, they're going to help you get those skills.
0: I think that's such great advice. That's uh, I think that's so universal as well. Um, I, I know I've made mm-hmm. a universal comment before in this, ep- in this interview, but uh, there's just the concept that like you are going to have an impact on the world based on your choices. So therefore, take, take the bull by the reins and let's, let's, let's do it. Like take some, take some steps, you know, go see some, some plays and see, you know, analyze what's going on there and ask questions and take control of what's going on. And I think that's great. I think that's great advice. It it doesn't matter what kind of career you're going into, but if you're thinking about this for sure, absolutely. It it seems more apt here than um, other places, but that's great universal advice. Ryan, we really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us about technical directing, telling us a little bit about how you got there, what it takes to be there and what kind of a day in the life looks like. So I wanted to really thank you for for giving us your time and giving us your your experience.
2: Oh, well, thank you for letting me uh, come on and talk about it. I, I very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun.
0: Thank you for listening. Please rate and review on whichever platform you use to listen to us you have questions, comments, ideas for the show, guests, or professions you'd like to know more about, drop us an email at icandothatpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on
1: Instagram at ICDTPod. We'll see you next
2: week for another interview.